0: Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska, and this is today's Bible class. Today's Bible class is designed especially for our podcast listeners. It gives us an opportunity to get into God's Word each day for a short time, oh, about 12 minutes or so, and in doing so helps us to focus on our spiritual well-being, our souls, and also our relationship with God. But, you know, getting into these short studies each day also helps us to have a better attitude, mindset, frame of mind as we take on the day each day. We encourage you to share these short studies with everybody you can. Your friends, your family members, your work associates, your neighbors, anybody and everybody. Encourage them to listen to these studies, and we encourage you to share them, these studies, with them. You may help somebody start to turn their thinking and their attitude and their mindset around, you might help them to change their life by beginning to focus on their relationship with God. You may even help them start down that pathway that will lead them to eternal life with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit in heaven for all of eternity. So we encourage you to share. You can do that through Facebook friends, you can do that through text messages, and maybe some other technological means that you have access to so please do share. We're going to continue in our line of thinking and study, asking the question, can I change? Well, we've talked about how we often do things that cause us to cringe inside. We wish we had not done that. We ask ourselves, why did I do that? Or maybe we're so sorry that we said something that we know right afterwards we should not have said and certainly not in the way that we said it maybe we've taken part in some things that we know we should not have done or maybe there have been some occasions on which we should have stepped forward and taken a stand for righteousness and we did not we were too timid we were embarrassed we were well had a lack of self-confidence And we just kept our mouths shut when we should have stepped forward and said something and so again we cringe why did i not say what i should have said can i change can i change in fundamental ways can i change well of course we can now the devil will tell you now you can't you may even have people within our culture who will tell you now you can't change it's just the way you are just the way i am and there's no need to try to change just who I am and the way I am well again if the devil can convince you that you cannot change from ungodliness to godliness then he's got you and he's got you for all of eternity so don't let him manipulate your thinking and your life you can change by with God's help with his strength and by his grace but you've got to come to him through Jesus Christ you need to repent of your sins, confess your faith openly in Christ, and surrender to him in baptism so the blood that he shed on the cross can cleanse you of the guilt of your sins. Now you talk about a fundamental change, that's it. Remember that the first, one of the first steps in coming to that point of change is repentance. We talked about that. A change of mind that leads to a change of life, a change of action, change of direction change. God will help you if you will come to him his way. You can change. We've talked about how the Bible implies that we can change by telling us that we can be made new. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 10, we can become a new man in Christ. And of course, the word man is used generically there. It's talking about a new person. And scripture has a great deal to say about new things. God called the last half of the Bible the New Testament, Matthew chapter 26 and verse 28. It's a new covenant, the Hebrews writer indicated in Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 13. And so we talked about how many times, and we just looked at samples, that we can read in the New Testament of something new. Well, we can be made new, as we've said. And the Bible implies also that we can change because it commands us to mature, to become more mature. God wants his young, newborn Christians to grow up. Ephesians chapter 4 talks about that, growing up in Christ. He wants his soldiers, spiritual soldiers, to develop their skills and his workers to improve their habits, to become more effective and proficient at doing what God wants them to do in serving him. The Apostle Paul said, when I became a man, I put away childish things, 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 11, and we are to grow in grace, the Apostle Peter wrote in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18. Well, the Bible also implies that we can change by compelling us or instructing us commanding us if you would to set a good example before those around us not only those Christians around us but those who have yet to become Christians Christians are required to consider their actions in light of how others will view them you see we we're not somebody who just says no my life is my own business I do what I want You don't need to look to me for any kind of of an example. You live your own life. I'll live my own life. And it's private between us. That's not the way Christianity is. Christians are required to consider how they appear through their lifestyle, the way they live, the way they conduct themselves and carry themselves before people all around them. Now notice in Proverbs chapter 4 and 18, and here is a principle that is laid out for us. The path of the just is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. Whoa, what great descriptive poetic language from the wise man who wrote that. The path of the just is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. Now that same principle is is still brought out in the New Testament as well. But look at Isaiah chapter Isaiah chapter 58 and verse 8 also along this line. And here again is the kind of conduct and example that God expects of his faithful followers. Then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your light. Well, he's not talking about a candle or a lantern or in our case, in our culture, a light bulb. He's talking about our lives, our examples. Your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily, and your righteousness shall go before you. In other words, other people will be able to see that you're living a righteous life. And that's not to your glory, but to the glory of God. In fact, the next verse says, or the next line says, the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. And then think about what we read in Romans chapter 14 and verse 13. Again, how we conduct ourselves as Christians. Therefore, the Apostle Paul writes, Therefore, let us not judge one another anymore, but rather resolve this, not to put a stumbling block or a cause to fall in our brother's way. Ah, see, we need to be considerate of how we come across even to our fellow Christians because we don't want to put a stumbling block before them because of the way that we act and that they can see us act. In Philippians 2, in verse 15, Paul says that you may become blameless and harmless, children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. See, we're supposed to light up the way in a world that is engulfed in the darkness of sin jesus said you are the light of the world a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden and then cannot be hidden he said let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father who is in heaven Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. But also, going back to verse 13, he said, you're the salt of the earth. Now, what's salt good for? To season things, to make it better. And he says, you're the salt of the earth. So we need to understand that that we're supposed to be on purpose and with a purpose. We're supposed to be shining lights of godliness, of faithfulness, of Christianity we're supposed to be that example to the world around us where God expects us expects it of us and so we need to be diligent to present that particular image to those around us we want to help people get to heaven we don't want them to have to get to heaven in spite of us we want to be the example that helps them get to heaven every Christian lives in a glass house so to speak and with the old saying, whoever lives in a glass house shouldn't throw stones. <laughs> you might break your own windows. Well, we want to understand that that because we're Christians, we're living in that glass house. Other people all around us look at us. Now, that bothers some people. I've taught this for a great many years, for decades. People are always watching you. You may not like that. You may feel uncomfortable about that reality, and again, you might say, oh, they don't need to be watching me. Yeah, they are watching you. If you're a Christian, especially, you need to be that example that they can see of godliness. Because even by your daily lifestyle, you might influence somebody to turn to God, or at least to start thinking about their relationship with God. You might help them turn their lives around. What an opportunity we have along this line, but also what a responsibility. If a son of the king, and that is a Christian, loses his temper at a ball game, and uses bad language, profanity, vulgarity, and shows poor sportsmanship, that shames the dame that he wears, and that's Christian young men are to be sober-minded in all things showing yourself to be a pattern of good works in doctrine showing uncorruptness gravity sincerity sound speech that cannot be condemned that he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed in other words the ungodly person the worldly lifestyle when they see us in the way we conduct ourselves maybe even in the face of provocation well they can be ashamed of the way they responded and acted in our presence, because we're trying to live the godly life. Now again, that's not to our glory, it's to the glory of God. And it's to try to be the good influence, the positive influence, to help them start to think about turning their lives around. He goes on and says, having no evil, no evil thing to say of you. Titus chapter 2, verses 6 through 8. If a daughter of God, that is a young Christian woman or a, an older Christian woman, if she boasts and lies and gossips, shows off her figure in an inappropriate way, flaunts her wealth, then people think less of her father, that is of God. Because she's not living that godly example. She's not influencing people to think about their relationship with God. She's influencing them perhaps, maybe turning them off. To think about becoming a Christian. Because if that's the way a Christian acts, well, I don't need that. The world all around me acts like that. Paul urged young women to give none occasion to the adversary to speak repro- reproachfully. 1 Timothy 5 and verse 14. The Lord explained how seriously that he takes these things. In Matthew 18 and verse 6, we read this, But whoso shall offend one of the least of these little ones which believe in me? Oh, it were better that a millstone were hanged about his neck, and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. Again, Matthew 18 and verse 6. Do we think about these things? Do we think about how we can influence people? We need to. Let's pray together. Father, help us to be aware of how we can be an influence for godliness, for good, for eternal life. And help us also to be aware that if we're careless and unthoughtful, we can influence people away from you and away from righteousness and godliness in Christianity. Please help us to walk the right path and be that light that we're supposed to be to light the way to you, Father, and forgiveness and eternal life through Jesus Christ. Please forgive us, gracious Father, and hear our prayer. In Christ's name, amen.